Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the Brooklyn Bunker. Folks, in my conversation today with Dr. Jonathan Metzel, our regular Wednesday conversation, we're going to once again be talking about COVID, right? Because while America seems to have wanted to turn the page, burn the book, forget that COVID exists and is happening, we had Dr. Fauci on a couple of weeks ago who said, you know, it's drizzling right now, so we don't need the same type of protections that we had um, at the height of surges and that we can assume some level of normalcy. I want to read you this thread that came out from NPR Politics yesterday that should be setting off alarm bells, and I kind of want to dig into. So here it is. From NPR Politics, their thread from yesterday. The White House is warning it will have to wind down a program that pays to test treat and vaccinate uninsured people for COVID-19 because the administration has run out of money for the program, which Congress failed to include in funding legislation. Second tweet, another immediate impact will be an end to federal funding for monoclonal antibodies, a treatment that had been provided free of charge. Starting next week, The White House said it will cut allocations to states by more than 30% to try and stretch its existing supplies. Number three tweet. The government cannot buy more oral antiviral treatments like Paxvoid beyond the 20 million treatments already secured and needs to scale back planned purchases of preventative treatments for immunocompromised people, the White House said. Excuse me, immunocompromised people. Number four, research into next generation COVID vaccines will be curbed 
and some surveillance for new variants will also be stopped, the White House said. The administration said it also will need to limit its push to help poorer countries vaccinate people. Number five, the White House had asked for $22.5 billion in funding for these items and more, but was denied as a part of a broader funding package. Democrats are expected to proceed with a standalone COVID funding bill, which is expected to pass the House, but unlikely to pass the Senate. Folks, <laughs> what the fuck, right? So I, I want us to be very clear, right, that the government has more money than it actually knows what to do with, more of our money than it knows what to do with, so much so that it just released, oh, I don't know, over $13 billion to aid Ukraine to fight back against the Russian insurrection, right? The Russian invasion. So we have over $13 billion to be able to give to the Ukraine so that they can fight against authoritarian rule, but we don't have $22 billion to be able to allocate for people in this country to ensure that the spike, which we know is coming, which I will talk about shortly, to ensure that both immuno and compromised people, people who are uninsured, that you're receiving the care that you need, that your states are able to provide for you the care that you need because we are in what? A global fucking health pandemic. So how is it that you can stand up at the state of the fucking union, spend half the time talking about the Ukraine, not mention the insurrection, barely talk about fucking COVID, and then turn around and then say, so basically I'll let them eat COVID, right? Because we don't have the resources. It is bullshit and it's the continual fucking lie that I'm so exhausted by. When I tell you how fucking done I am these days with this current administration, and I'll tell you why. Because you see, I didn't expect shit from Donald Trump, right? I didn't expect anything because we knew exactly where we stood with the Trump administration as it pertained to public health, as it pertained to public safety, so long as they are funding police so that they can beat the shit out of regular citizens, right? Like I had no expectations, but when you come in as the Biden-Harris administration and tell us that we need to vote for you so that adults are back in the room and that adults are back in charge, right? And that we're gonna have vaccines and roll them out and we're gonna take care of these issues and that you're telling me that how you stand next to the other guy is a very clear distinction of I am doing for the people. And then you want to turn around now after a shitty fucking vaccine rollout, right? It had a lot of bumps folks before vaccines actually got to where they needed to go. Right. And again, this administration was given a lot of room because we knew what they were walking into. But explain to me how you can dip into a pocket 
to provide money for the Ukraine to defend itself, but you don't have the same ability to have America defend itself from a virus that has killed close to a million people that now you want to tell us is all but done so everyone can go back to work. Oh, just in time for gas to be through the fucking roof. And oh, just in time as cities around China are fucking closing down again as the Netherlands and Germany and the UK, all who rolled back mask mandates and indoor masking and all social distancing and all of these things that they have gotten rid of because you know, the world was over COVID are now back into a zone where they are surging in places in China are surging above 2020 levels. And that the new variant BA.2, which is a sub variant of Omicron spreads 30% faster than Omicron which took over Delta in a matter of fucking weeks. There were reports coming out, right? Particularly here in New York, which uses the sewage system to be able to see or anticipate when another surge is coming. And guess what? The sewage system is showing us. Oh, the numbers of people getting COVID in New York City are on the rise again. I... I, It's as if we're standing on the tracks. We think that the light ahead is the tunnel, the exit on the other side, and not realizing that it's an oncoming train. And I'm just wondering how many times do we have to walk down the same dark tunnel for us to realize that the light that we are seeing is not the light at the end of the tunnel. It is the next fucking COVID surge. So now we have a situation where those that are uninsured are not going to be able to access treatment, right? Um, Because in New York City, regardless of your insurance status, you were able to get tested, you were able to get boosted and get vaccinated and all of these things. And so what this NPR tweet thread and report is stating is like, oh, Well, the United States has run out of money. We've run out of resources. So pretty much you're on your fucking own. And if you don't have the ability to test yourself at home and you don't have the ability to remote learn and you don't have the ability to do these things for yourself, you are essentially going to be fucked because this administration does not have the bandwidth nor the resources or the strategy to deal with the oncoming train that we know is coming in a few weeks. The conversation that I will have with Jonathan will outline how the United States is different than China, why China is experiencing the kind of surge that they are, but how the countries that we are actually more demographically aligned with, meaning that with the last the last wave of Omicron infected 45% of the U.S. population, damn near half. Those people, according to the latest reports, will be better set up with antibodies to help them navigate a potential surge of BA.2. What has happened in China is that because they've had a zero COVID policy, meaning that they are quick to shut things down, they are quick to put people back in their homes, they are quick to go back to essential businesses only in operation, They don't have the same level of, 
quote unquote, herd immunity that we have gotten and other countries have gotten. But get this. What we are seeing is that there are people who are vaccinated, who are still getting reinfected. And so now we're setting up a situation where not only can folks get reinfected because we know that what the vaccines and the boosters do is stop certain death and hospitalization. It does not stop the spread of COVID. I don't know how many fucking times that that needs to be said because I still receive stupid fucking tweets from people that are like, oh, you know, Fauci was wrong and Biden is dumb and vaccines don't work. No, you're not dead. So the fact that by virtue, you're able to tweet me back some stupid hot shit means that the vaccine, if you in fact got it, worked. But this, folks, this what is being outlined here. But then we want to turn around and again, our tax dollars to go to help the people of Ukraine, but our tax dollars not being used to help people in this country. We're, first of all, we're not using our tax dollars to secure our own fucking democracy. We're not using it to create guardrails against what we know will be consistent surges of COVID-19 because unlike the fantasy world that Republicans are living in, no, it is not going to be endemic any fucking time soon because the more virus that is in the air, the more infected people become, the more avenues it has to continue to mutate and the more variants that will come through. And what the last three variants have shown us from Alpha is that with each turn at the fucking wheel, COVID-19 becomes more and more contagious. So for those people who are unvaccinated, unboosted, you will most likely end up in the hospital and or dead. Um, the Pfizer CEO recently came out. And again, this was a blip on everybody's radar when he said, yeah, so your booster shots pretty much wane, if not just drop, um, at five months, definitely at six and that everyone is going to need a fourth shot. Well, how is everybody going to receive a fourth shot if the U.S. government, if the Biden administration is telling us they don't got no more money for it. So then what is that going to look like? How much is it going to cost us to be able to walk into said CVS, Dwayne Reed, whatever place to get your shot? And now because the government is no longer going to be funding that, but everyone is saying that we need it. What is that going to look like? And if it sounds to you like it sounds to me, which is an incredible money-making scheme by big pharma that is no longer going to be supported by the U.S. government and you can't force private companies, you know, to do the right thing. And we know that they sure as fuck do not. Sounds to me like we are screwed. And I'm just like, I'm at a point with this administration and with Democrats in general, that it is no longer enough for you to tell me who you are not instead of telling me who you are. It is not enough to want to finger wag and say, well, if you don't vote for me, you're going to be stuck with DeSantis or Trump or whomever. When again, I'm stuck with you right now. And I can't tell you what has been passed in my favor. So the Senate just passed what daylight savings this week so that we don't have to continue to fall back or spring ahead 
Wonderful. Oh, you passed um, legislation that finally made uh, lynching a fucking hate crime after multiple decades of unarmed black people being lynched, right? No, the most recent being Ahmaud Arbery and fucking George Floyd. Folks, I, I'm just like, it is really difficult to continue to tell people to have faith and hope when every day I'm staring this administration in the face and I'm like, oh, you all are not only going to lose midterms, right? Which was inevitable because of how America votes, but you are damn sure setting up a fucking loss in 2024 because I just don't know what this administration is going to point to as their success. Because if COVID continues to rage, which it will, because now we have lost money and the ability to test and to treat and to vaccinate all people, right? Then what do we think is going to happen? Ugh, folks, coming up next, my conversation with our friend, our in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzel, to go on a deeper dive into where China stands right now and what we are hearing about outbreaks in Israel, the Netherlands, and Germany, and what it is that we all need to be paying attention to. That is coming up next. Friends, you know that when it is Wednesday, I am always so happy and honored to be joined by our in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzel. Um, Jonathan, it seems like it's been some time since we have done a deep dive into COVID. And frankly, I feel like we may be the only ones left uh, right now in the United States that are interested in doing anybody's deep dive into COVID because there has been seemingly a concerted effort by the CDC, the Biden administration, network television to just move on and go back to normal and pretend as if the last two years have not happened. But I woke up uh, at 4 a.m., uh, because of daylight savings that has hit me later and started going through articles, uh, an array of them about China, about the Netherlands, about Germany and BA.2, which is the Omicron subvariant. Jonathan, what's happening globally right now with regard to COVID and where the rest of the world is versus where you see us in the United States right now? Um, COVID, the name sounds familiar. Sounds familiar? Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. somebody from the 90s, right? From Back to the Future or something like Correct. that? No. It's funny because I'm here in Tennessee and believe it or not, people are wearing a lot of masks here in Tennessee, <laughs> at least in my world right now. Um, I think there's a fair bit of nervousness in the air. Um, I think for the most part, people feel like, oh my gosh, we're over it. And also the weather's getting nicer. We can be outside, all these kind of things. But there's some pretty serious shit happening in the rest of the world right now that I think we want to pay attention to. And not that the United States, I mean, the good thing about the United States, if this is an Omicron subvariant, which it is, um, is that we don't exactly know what's going to happen in the United States because we rushed out and embraced Omicron the first time. Mm -hmm. um, there is concerning data. Um, Germany is in a kind of crisis situation as mm -hmm. of this morning. Um, Israel, which is kind of the canary in the coal mine for us a lot of times, is seeing a, a pretty big spike. 
Um, also, and that's a place where a lot of people are vaccinated and a lot of people got Omicron. And, and I also have heard, you know, I've been reading all this stuff also that, um, there are, um, studies in Southern California where they're seeing in, in plant water and things like that, that there's rise in, in this sub variant also. And so there's a, probably another wave that's about to happen (laughs) in the United States, to be honest. I mean, and, and the thing is people are worried because this BA2 sounds a little bit more severe, a little bit more harsh um, than, than the first Omicron that, that came through. And it's also 30% more infectious. And so believe it or not, if we just could take politics out of this, which we can't, right. We would say, uh, um, we would say, uh, everybody pay, play it safe right now because, um, you, you, you know, that a time when a spike is about to happen is the time where if you can help it, you don't want to get sick because there's going to be a lot of other people sick at that time. So believe it or not, we're in a moment right now, which is kind of a calm before the storm kind of moment. Um, but at the same time, I, I can't get my relatives to take this stuff seriously. I can't get most people I'm playing in a faculty basketball game after we speak today. And I'm the only dude in the game who wears a mask. Um, and so um, I, I just, um, you know, I think that people feel like they're over it, but, but as we've seen, mm-hmm. the virus sets the narrative. And so a lot of places that also, also thought they were over it, the minute people start getting sick, all of a sudden they change their tune. And so I just think the, the long and the short of it is don't throw away your masks, play it safe for the next couple of weeks, at least to see how this thing plays out in the United States. Um, and, and I don't know. I mean, it's hard. Everybody's so exhausted. And honestly, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so a couple of things. Um, One, in New York City, as I'm assuming in a lot of other cities and places, the way that they have been tracking whether or not we're headed towards another surge has been in the sewage, right? You mentioned the plant water um, in, in Southern California. I read a report about, you know, how we predict what is happening in New York, and it's based on the sewage and um, and the fact that what they are seeing right now is that there is a spike uh, in the BA.2 subvariant, uh, which was first discovered in, I think it was November of 2021, um, and that this is a, an early indicator of where we will be. Right now, uh, there are several cities within China that ha- because China has a zero COVID policy. So as soon as things start to ramp up there in any type of way, they shut shit down. They have gone back to remote learning in a number of cities. They have, um, they're only having essential businesses open in a number of cities, which is really, um, affecting our, um, tech creation, right, and product development in this country because we use factories in China. So Apple's products uh, opened down uh, at the beginning of this week because of the news coming out of China. And they are saying that they haven't seen a surge like the one that they are currently experiencing since the beginning of the pandemic um, of March 2020. We are seeing the same thing happen in Germany. The Netherlands numbers are super high as well. What's being said, Jonathan, is that 45% of the United States population got Omicron, right? Like, and that why we are seeing this spread so fast around China is because there isn't 
built-in immunity in the way that there is some built-in immunity here because 45%, almost half of the population got Omicron at the, you know, in the winter of 2021. Can you speak to that and what, like you, you talk about Israel as the canary in the coal mine, but in, in many ways, most of Europe has been the canary in the coal mine. We have been lagging, I would say over the past two years, roughly three weeks to six weeks behind where things are in Europe. So can you speak to the differences that you are seeing with regard to China uh, and their zero COVID policy versus the United States? And then again, with Europe in the countries I mentioned and with the U.S. right now. I mean, the main issue with China is that it's an older population uh, very often who are the, uh, the people who are getting getting it. Um, they, they've, they've been so super safe um, that a lot of people haven't had any exposure to COVID. Um, and the other part, of course, is that they've got um, the, <laughs> the Sputnik vaccine, a lot of people, the Russian vaccine or different. I mean, mm. the vaccine they're using are different technology often for a lot of people than the, than the technology we have here. And okay. those vaccines just don't work quite as well. And so there's a couple of reasons why China is more vulnerable right now. But I also think that this is kind of what we do when things start to ramp up again, is that we tell our human narrative like, oh, it must be Italy because they only right. eat organic pasta and it must be whatever. Like we, you know, every time this happens, we tell some story that makes it make sense. Oh, that's why that is. And that's why they're at risk, but we're not at risk. But the honest answer is if anybody tells you that we're not at risk, they don't know what they're talking about. We don't know if we're at risk right now. Um, and I would say that there's some there's some concerning warning signs of places that have comparable. And China is not super comparable to us. Mm -hmm. um, but think about the irony of that, right? China, in many ways, they did everything right, like a total public health state, and it's making them more vulnerable now. Whereas for us, we're, we're you know theoretically we could be more protected because of all these honkies who went out and got it, you know? And so, um, <laughs> and, and so, um, and so, you know, I, who knows, who knows that what's going to happen? I'm not advocating for, I mean, the folly of herd immunity is that the virus keeps changing and people, I mean, I know people who've gotten it like five times already. And so, um, and so we don't know, but I would say that China is a warning sign of a bad vaccine, but also of, a complete lockdown without encountering any pathogens. Now, that being said, I know a lot of people in New York. I was mm -hmm. on the phone before this with a friend of mine in Israel, and and they're getting it, and they've been super safe all along. So there, there's something going on now. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing in Israel is they've had a polio outbreak, um, which is freaking everybody the hell out um, because polio is unheard of, but people are not getting vaccines. Like kids aren't going to the doctor and stuff like that. And so COVID is not our only issue right now in terms of inf the infectious disease front. It's also all these people not getting vaccines for other stuff. And so it's a, it's a moment. I mean, I would say if you're at home and you want to know what to do just to feel safe, take drugs. Peyote is good. <laughs> Shut up. Not, you, not, yeah. <laughs> you are yeah. the worst. No. But how, no. but how, how are we? So if China, because of uh, their different vaccine rollout, their different protocols is not quite a parallel or a model. What can we learn right now from Germany, for for yeah. for instance, from Germany and the UK that are experiencing again? Folks are saying, at least being reported, higher numbers right now in 2022 than in 2020 when this originated. 
Yeah, it's it's Germany and UK are, are really scary because they're relatively comparable to us. I mean, UK was basically like, we're done with the virus, which we always say we're done with the virus. Um, right. I, I love that. <laughs> you know, uh, we need somebody working w- with the virus who would say that they're done with us. Um, and that's not happening. So, so yeah, again, this is a time where a lot of people who were, I mean, the minute President Obama gets it, I'm paying attention. Um, cause I'm like, man, something is something people who are being careful, we're all letting our guard down. I went into a restaurant, uh, without a mask, uh, in, in Brooklyn the other day. Um, and it was weird, but I thought, oh, this is what I do. I go into a restaurant, I eat dinner. And then I looked out the window. I was in the restaurant. It was kind of a mm-hmm. cold night over the weekend. And there was an outdoor dining area and there was one poor guy on a date and they were outside uh, eating. And I thought those poor suckers, you know, like look at me inside or something. So the minute you kind of switch over to the other side, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to go back. Right. And so I think what Germany's seeing is that, and UK also, they had, they basically said the pandemic is over for us. And so putting that genie back in the bottle is pretty hard for societies. And you understand that just from psychological terms also. So are they right now then in your, I mean, again, I don't understand Jonathan. And I, and I know that you're saying it's human nature and it's the narratives that we tell ourselves, but I don't understand how we continue to say we're done with COVID. And then every time that we do that, And I would say that this round in the United States with the rollback of pretty much every single mandate that was put in place, um, with them now all being erased and we're watching what is happening in Europe, how is it not, how, how is it that we're locked into this belief still that it's not going to affect us? Like we have, we've stopped. I mean, I, I, you know, tried to not watch as much cable news as I used to. I- Like I, I, you know, for my own sanity and, and, and emotional protection, I try to just dip in for like a little bit, but I have noticed. And my mother, you know, I was home with her over the weekend and my parents and they're like, nobody talks about COVID anymore, like at all, you know, not the numbers, not the infection rates, not the deaths, nothing. And so like, how is it that we're back into this place of believing that we can will this virus away? And it's showing up aggressively again in another place that we know we're behind three to six weeks. Yeah, I mean, like again, the three the three main points to pay attention to right now. Number one, cases are spiking seriously in places that have been precursors to the United States and have demographically and infectiously similar profiles in a way. And so number one, it's happening other places. Um, number two, there's a new variant, uh, and we don't know how bad it is, right? We haven't done the data yet. Um, again, I keep waiting for happy COVID that grows hair on your head, gives you a four-hour erection, but I, I, it hasn't happened yet. Um, but so we don't know how bad this thing is, um, and and honestly, it could be bad. We honestly don't know. I will say that in a lot of other places, they're they're building um, overflow. Uh, intensive care units and things like that. So a lot of other places think it's bad. And number three, we're not paying attention. So uh, I that that's a luxury we have at this moment. The question is, two three weeks from now, how are we going to feel about that? And I honestly don't know. I don't know the answer. So um, you know, it could be it could be that it's not a big deal. But I'm, I mean, the hard part is, 
I'm going to try to keep playing it safe, especially for the next two weeks. I'm going to think about, think about, you know, when was my last booster uh, and think about maybe thinking about another booster. If I'm at the six month mark or the five month mark, um, I'm going to figure out, you know, just kind of put it in my mind because it's, I, I don't know. We don't, we don't know where we're going to be in two weeks. And of course we're all distracted by the rest of the world imploding and Chernobyl mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything. I mean, we're just living, we're living like, we're honestly, we're living the eighties all over again with like Chernobyl and Ivan Drago and everything like that. And so, um, and so there's a lot going on right now, but I would say that two weeks from now, if this thing turns out to be as bad here as it is in other places, people are going to want to wish, people are going to wish that they, that they took this thing a little bit more seriously now. So I, I, I say now is a time to be cautious, which of, point, of course is hard to do when every, when it's freezing outside and everybody's eating in, inside. I thought, fuck it. I'm eating inside. You know? Yeah. I so. mean, I, I'm going to, I'm, I have done the same thing, right? Like I have, I have done the same thing. The thing that I am most nervous about, and I, I want to get your thoughts on is to date, I have not tested positive for COVID. Neither. No, right? neither. And, it's this show. And, it's this show. But, but I'm really now concerned because in one of the articles that I was reading, it's saying, well, for for half the population that got Omicron, that they're going to be better off with this subvariant than the rest of us who are boosted, vaccinated, but didn't get it. And so, and the, and here's the other thing too, because you just brought it up. My booster, right? So the third shot was in November. Pfizer CEO came out. And again, I found this like just a little thread in, in, in the Twitter. Cause once again, was not being talked about on cable news. Pfizer CEO came out and said, so pretty sure y'all need a fourth shot. Right. He's like, he's like, you need a fourth shot. We're working on a long-term vaccine that will, you know, be, uh, be working for at least a year, but we're not there. So if you're, if you are waning to that side, like I am five months, six months, you need to get a fourth shot. And I'm like, are we even allowed to get fourth shots right now? Is that, is that a thing? Well, then I'm going to get one. Yeah, yeah. Don't. I mean, it, there's a great strategy for doing that. It's called lying, um, and <laughs> and I recommend you do it. <laughs> I mean, the problem is the formulation of the vaccine that's still out there is still the Delta formulation. There is an Omicron specific vaccine that they've been testing, and I don't see why they're not like rolling that thing out like yesterday. Um, so it's still the older formulation of the vaccine. So it's it's good. You want to have high antibodies at a time like this. Um, but yeah, no, I would just say lie and go get the shot. I mean, I think that that's, that, 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 that's a one reasonable strategy. Um, don't, don't quote me on that. Don't put me on television about that or anything like that. But, um, but, um, but no, I, I think that right now is the time to, right now is the time to, um, to, to, to be a little defensive. And I do, I think you're right that if it's, it's an Obercon subvariant, people who did, I mean, I didn't, I haven't gotten it either. And so I, I asked my friend this morning, is there a place I can rush out and get the old Omicron, you know? Um, but, but, you know, I don't know. I think you're still better off having not had it. Um, 
because there are plenty of people who are having long COVID symptoms now. From Right. From which again, you know, again, yeah. people are not, and by people, I mean the administration, I mean the CDC, I mean folks that have been going on television for the past two years to talk about uh, COVID are not talking about long COVID. And yeah. what I'm hearing, and uh, there was a report in the New York Times, oh, we think that long COVID really affects your brain, right? Yeah. Like that it's not just uh, people having to work back up to the respiratory levels that they had pre-COVID, but that they're having brain issues, right? They're having memory loss. They're having focus issues. They're having migraines and all of these things. Jonathan, do you think that this administration is going to be caught flat-footed in the next couple of weeks because of the push to go back to work, go back to normal, go back to the way that things were? This is what has been coming out of this administration for the last three weeks. We had uh, Dr. Fauci on a couple of weeks ago who said, you know, when it's pouring, you wear galoshes and a raincoat. It's drizzling now. So you can take off, you know, you can take off some layers. What's happening in China and Europe and Israel is actually stating otherwise, that it's not, it's not drizzling actually, right? Um, that the storm is in a different location right now, but it is actually, you can see it in the horizon. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's right. And the, the hard thing from my perspective right now is that it's not like I mean, there are very smart scientists and public health researchers in the administration. It's just that the, the, the pandemic became political for everyone, right? It became an untenable political response for the Democrats to be saying we need to stay cautious. That was actually that was going to cost them the midterms. It was going to cost them everything. And so health became political for the Democrats also as a reaction to it becoming so political for the Republicans. And so it's not like the Democrats are being driven by sound science right now. They're trying to basically say, oh, mandates. Mm -hmm. No, no, that, that that's that's, you know, that's somebody it must be somebody else mandates. That, that's not mm -hmm. us. Um, and so in a way, nobody's making decisions that are about health right now. Um, and it's true on both sides. I mean, yep. Eric Adams you know, it's easy to become mayor of New York two months ago when the cases are falling and everybody's vaccinated. You can say, you know, whatever, go, everybody go to a strip club, you know, whatever. Um, but, 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 but in a month when things are going crazy, what's the Eric Adams position going to be? I mean, that's when things get hard. Like he can be all chummy with Kyrie Irving now, but if things start to get serious again, is he, is he going to be able to turn the corner and say, look, we got to take this seriously. And that, that's really the hard question because no, you know, nobody, I think, I just think they realized that from a population science level that, that it became unmanageable. And, and again, it's, it's hard because I mean, there's so much anger, frustration, mm -hmm. fear in the world. And then the weather starts getting nice. And mm -hmm. the minute you take off your mask for the first time, I mean, I totally understand that. And for me, I thought, man, I can go back to my life of just waking up in a different hotel room every morning and not knowing where I am or how I got here. <laughs> That's the life you had, good doctor. Yeah, okay. who is I like who is the, who is this person and how did I get here and sneaking out with my clothes and my and like I miss that life. You, you miss know? that you miss that life <laughs> yeah. of like clearly the 1970s. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, um, but, and so it's hard because like the minute you have a touch of norm normalcy, you recognize kind of, oh, we lost. That's what we lost. Um, 
but 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 again you know again it's just resilience unfortunately i don't know it's, it's like all these things i i was thinking the other day like covid and putin are exactly the same like this thing you kind of stop paying attention to and then yep. they, they come back and show you like with a know, vengeance yeah 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 so you know the last question that i have for you jonathan today is we have seen these spikes happen at different seasons, right? Like we have, we have noticed notably, you know, the, the late fall winter has been really bad in the United States. Spring and summer, however, even though Delta was discovered in the summer of what, 2020 or 2021, I don't remember. Um, is it better if there is a surge that happens that it happens for us in the springtime because we're able to be outside because you're not going to be lured into, you know, the indoor dining or indoor things. And there is such a desire, particularly here, you know, on the, on the East coast that things start to get warmer. Is that, is that a better scenario for us rather than a, a, a fall, a late fall winter? I mean, absolutely. If it's an airborne virus, you want to be outside and that's always going to be true. Um, the thing is, we had never seen a virus uh, during the pandemic spread as quickly as the big O um, last December. And we thought, oh, my God, how could it spread that fast? And now this new variant spreads 30 times faster than that. And so the virus is always going to try to find our patterns and then subvert them. Right. Um, mm. The whole goal of the, of the virus is to be more infectious than the one that came before. Um, and so this new variant is going to have some new rules. And, uh, and, and the other thing we haven't even spoken about is we're defunding COVID research right now in a pretty significant way. And so there are real implications for just our health apparatus, our healthcare, all these kind of things. Um, and so we're, we're, you know, the risk is a, a knowledge vacuum in a particular way. Mm. Well, Jonathan, we here, at least on Woke AF, will continue to keep our eyes open and have conversations about COVID, even if the mainstream and the rest of the world um, has moved on. Uh, I wouldn't say the rest of the world. I'll say uh, the United States has moved on and think that we're past it. I'll tell folks that are listening to stay vigilant, um, to read up on what is what is happening, because you're not going to see it on cable news until it gets to a fever pitch. And we don't need things to reach yet another fever pitch when we know exactly what it is that we need to do, which is wear masks um, and be really thoughtful about how we gather and where we gather. So, folks, this is your first warning um, as we learn more about the Omicron subvariant. Jonathan, as always, thank you so much for making the time to walk us through the latest. That is it for me, dear friends, today on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. 
To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind, so you can look and feel amazing no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.